today we have our general manager here and he's going to teach us about so many things that are coming up that you actually you might be here through the afternoon you might be here until <laughs> dr mark rutland Let's hope not. um but to get it started you know as we go into this weekend there's a lot of things that we can celebrate that we might not even realize obviously labor day is coming up so we'll have an extra long weekend people are probably really happy about that three-day weekend sure. but there's more than that. There is much more than that. Because really, if you celebrate the Feast of the Lord, you get a four-day weekend. How much better is that? Uh, that's, a, that's an yeah. extra bonus all the way around. Yeah. And it really does go with the song, Love Sick. The whole point of these feasts, of, you know, it's these are not Jewish things per se. These are the feasts, of, the feasts of the Lord. These are his feasts. And if you belong to him, they are your feasts. They're your opportunities to encounter him. And so that's why we take the time, each one of these feasts, and celebrate. We have three this month so i'm very excited and looking forward to just sharing some things with you that might uh, help you encounter jesus some more that might open your eyes in a way they just haven't before and especially this is uh rosh hashanah and an opportunity to look into the future to look into the year that's coming up because it's uh, kicking off a brand new year so we're going to take a real deep prophetic dive and see what's coming up i'm uh, going to look at uh, the birth of jesus uh, which also happens on rosh hashanah and, uh, of course, uh, the uh, new year. So three subjects, what this thing is really all about. So a whole bunch going to go on. So let's just start with uh, what most people see when they uh, think, or think, I guess, when they see Rosh Hashanah. So I'm here to get you ready to celebrate what was called Rosh Hashanah, but we usually say Rosh Hashanah. Uh, either way you say it, it's the head or the beginning of something. What's at the beginning of? Well, it's the beginning of the new biblical year, 5782, at nightfall on Monday, on Labor Day evening, after you've uh, celebrated and relaxed and barbecued and all that, uh, as the biblical calendar is going to flip and the month flips to Tishrei from Elul, where we've been, and Rosh Hashanah will continue until nightfall on Tuesday. Celebration is filled with great foods, trumpets, and uh, rest. I think it's an easy one to uh, jump into for anyone. Now, if you want to greet somebody for the holiday, it is not Happy Rosh Hashanah. It's Shana Tova, right? <laughs> Which is actually a little easier. Shana Tova? It's not even Merry Christmas, huh? It's not Merry Christmas. Shana Tova means a good or a happy year. How, how nice is that? Shana is year. Tova is uh, happy or good. Uh, Rosh Hashanah ushers in the 10 days of awe, the Yanim Noraim, which end on Yom Kippur, which I'll be back for, the Day of Atonement, which is the most holy day of the Jewish year, and we're looking forward to coming and teaching and sharing on that, too. Now, the name... Rosh Hashanah is not used in the Bible. So if you go to look it up, you're not going to find it. We have only really two commands in Scripture to celebrate this feast, and really just two words that give us any instructions. So, gotta love a day like that, huh? Numbers 29, verse 1 is one of them. In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work, for it is a day of blowing the trumpets, or a Yom Teruah, all right? Yom Teruah. That's a probably better pronunciation there. Leviticus 23:24 says, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath rest, a holy convocation, a memorial of blowing of trumpets. That's the English translation there. The Hebrew is Zichron Teruah. Those two words are the 
instructions that we get from from the Bible. Truah is a war cry or a battle cry. It's an alarm, a warning signal, a blast for marching, in other words, and a shout of joy. Those are some of the most basic instructions for the word. So obviously, I read you two translations there, but most everybody puts either the word shofar, the ram's horn, or the trumpet in there. But the closest actual name for this holiday would be Yom Truah, which literally is a day of shouting or blasting. That's pretty pretty close. With the Jews feel means blasting the shofar and the trumpets. So those two words, zikran, which is remember or mention. So remember that word, remember or mention. So in your head or on your lips, you're going to bring it forth is what it means. So that's the same word you run into in Exodus 3.15 when God introduces his name and commands us to speak it to zikran, his name, Yehovah. So the Jews right now won't say his name, Yehovah. So they say, no, you're just supposed to remember it, not to say it. Mm. But zikron means, in the same way, nobody's going to stand outside and quietly blow the, the uh, shofar today because there's zikron, there's zikron in it, right? Who, who would even think of doing that? But they'll do that with his name. So it's the exact same word that commands us to, to blow these trumpets or shout or declare all of these. Exact same concept. Same thing with his name. Hmm. The second word is that truah which is in the scriptures 36 times, so we kind of know what it means. Even though the Jews hyper-focus on blowing the shofar 100 times on that day, which again, Tuesday night, Monday night to Tuesday night, there's a lot more to truah than blowing a shofar. The King James translates it as shout 11 times, shouting eight times, so 19 times is something coming out of your mouth, and it's not by bringing a ram's horn or something else up. It's a noise that you're making. Six times it's an alarm, three times it's a sound, two times it's blowing, and two times it's joy. And then there's another four random miscellaneous ones. Now, here's a few of those 36 just to, to stir you up. For you drummers out there, sing unto him a new song, play skillfully with a loud noise. That's Trua. <laughs> so you are kind of built for this day if you're a drummer. Uh, praise him upon the loud cymbals, praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. That's Psalm 150, and uh, anytime you hear uh, high-sounding, loud, those kind of words, it's probably going to be trua, and that one is too, so two drummer ones there. And now, we sh and now shall mine head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. So right there, it's praises. It's the sound of your praise. So when you worship and say hallelujah or glory or whatever it is, that's trua. You're doing what you're supposed to do for this day of trumpets, of, of Rosh Hashanah, of Yom Trua. In Joshua, it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with a ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout and the wall of the city shall fall down flat and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him so it's interesting on this one is it's not the ram's horn that's the true and either one of these it's the loud shout that's the word true in that scripture so your voice once again is true when david celebrated with the ark he was going to bring it into jerusalem scripture says that they used the shofar and they true so again 
It's not the, always the ram's horn that's Turoi. It's something else. It can certainly be the ram's horn. But it's not always. In this case, it was shouting again. They were just celebrating so much. So if you're one of those, I know we have some people, they just love to shout in their church mm-hmm. services and have somebody uh, behind us a lot of times. Like, Woo! And I just <laughs> I just love that because it just stirs up that worship in you when you're, you know, when God's moving. It's, you know, there's something in you that's coming. You know, they've got that Turoi about them. <laughs> So it's also referred to as crying a lot. So the question, is it happy or sad? Because if you ever listen to a shofar, uh, the different blasts that they have, sometimes it's, it's almost like you're crying and you're very sad. So the sound of the shofar can be almost like mourning. So they always ask that question. So luckily, 36 times we have the word. So Job 821, he will yet fill your mouth with laughing and your lips with rejoicing or Torah. So pretty clear there. uh, It's uh, the crying that we're supposed to make on this date is happy crying. So when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of Jehovah, the priest stood in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the son of Asaph, with cymbals to praise Jehovah according to the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to Jehovah, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever toward Israel. Then all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised Jehovah, because the foundation of the house of Jehovah was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and heads of the father's houses, old men who had seen the first temple, wept with a loud voice when the foundation of this temple was laid before their eyes. Yet many shouted aloud for joy. You you guess it, that's the Teruah there. So the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people that were sad. For the people shouted with a loud shout, a Teruah, and the sound was heard afar off. That's from Ezra chapter 3. Now, the only passage in the entire Old Testament where somebody's actually celebrating this day of Yom Teruah is in Nehemiah when they first returned from captivity and rebuilt the walls and gates of Jerusalem, and they were read the law of Moses for the first time. Now, imagine for the first time you really get introduced to who God is and what he wants of you. And this is what it says. Now, all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate, and they told Ezra the scribe to bring the, the book of the law of Moses which Jehovah had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. That's today, first day, seventh month. Once again, only place we have that in scripture. Then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday. So this is actually uh, kind of appropriate, my teaching time this morning. So I'm just doing Nehemiah for you. Before the men and women and those who could understand, he read this, and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. And then Ezra opened the book in the sight of all people, for he was standing above them. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. So not only did they listen all morning long, they stood up and listened. And Ezra blessed Jehovah, the great God. And then all the people answered, amen, amen while lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshipped Jehovah with their faces to the ground, and Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said all the people, this day is holy to Jehovah your God, do not mourn or weep this particular day. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. They were being convicted by the law, and it made them weep. Then he said to them, go your way, Eat the fat and drink the sweet. 
If that's not a southern meal, I don't know what is. <laughs> and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to the Lord. So they're eating some good food and they're giving away good things. Do not sorrow. For the joy of Jehovah is your strength. Mm-hmm. So the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions and rejoice greatly, because they understood the words that were declared to them. That's Nehemiah. So the shofar used for Yom Teruah was the uh, horn of a wild goat. And it's blown during this particular day of Yom Teruah. One hundred times they're going to blow it. Uh, in a set pattern of three different sounds, Three times each for a total of nine blasts. In the series of patterns, they're going to do that 11 times for a total of 99 blasts. And the 100th blast is set apart. And this blast is known as the last trump. Sounds familiar to the end times? Mm -hmm. So God says in Leviticus 23 to have a holy convocation commemorated with trumpet blasts, if you, if you go with that translation. But essentially, this Feast of Trumpets marks the end of the summer harvest. The Day of Atonement is near when you stand before God. So it's prophetic as the church. We are in the midst of the great harvest just before the Day of the Lord, before the last trump. And the Feast of Trumpets is God's wake-up call. And we don't have forever. It's our reminder you don't have forever. But more than anything, I hope uh, what that first little piece teaches you is it's not about getting a shofar, learning how to blow that or making that kind of noise. You have the ability on the Feast of Trumpets, on Yom Teruah, to declare the praises of God, and that actually is just as valid as any noise you can make with a shofar. That's so good. I love that we post all these to the More Music app and our website. You can listen to all this later today, and then also the blog. All the notes are going on the blog, and you still have a whole lot to share, a whole lot to teach us. So. I do.